Hey guys, welcome to Wednesday. We're hanging out here in Studio 22. I'm gonna tell you guys a little story here. Uh, back when I was a little kid, uh, I spent a lot of time with my, my grandparents. I, I loved going to my grandparents on the weekend because several reasons. Uh, one, uh, they spent money on me, they spoiled me a little bit, but I got to go, I got to do a couple of things on the weekend with them that otherwise I wouldn't have gotten to do. My grandmother, she's a Sunday school teacher, so that meant I got to go to Sunday school with her. Uh, and. Um, uh, so we went to church early, you know, and it was, it was good. I enjoyed that. But for her to prepare for Sunday school, teaching the lesson, every Saturday we went to the public library. She let me check out, you know, about half a dozen books, and uh, and I uh, kept them that week, read them that week. It started my love affair with books, and um, I'm still on that same course, as those of you who follow me for a long time, you know. And it was all because of my grandmother, her influence, being able to go to the library. It never – it never – would have crossed my mind that I might walk in there and encounter a, a drag queen story hour or I might have to um, you know my grandmother didn't have to keep a watch on me in case I was going to run into some pornographic material or something like that in the library uh, but those days are gone times have changed and our kids are being bombarded they're being attacked and and this is a it's just an evil thing that is among us and now it is very very evident it's not even in hiding anymore and uh, one of the guys is leading a valiant fight and uh, i believe winning because he's, he's he's doing it in a very strong way but he's doing it in the right way is uh kurt cameron uh welcome to the show thanks man great to be here with welcome, you welcome man dude I, I want a pair of boots and a hat like you you, you, gotta, you can have them you i got boots them. i just need a hat i well you know the thing and is a buckle i uh I love wearing the hat because everybody will tell you this. Like, I like for people to just think they're talking to a bumpkin, and I'm, and they are, but they're just go ahead and <laughs> underestimate you and judge That's you right, right up front. They, and then I get people when I take the hat off, they get mad at me. They're like, cover that back up. But I'm so lazy this week. I'm not even wearing socks. You know, catch catch the ire of everybody. I, I, dude, I know you're under attack with everything that's been going on, and you'd have to be living under a rock, folks, if you don't know what everything that Kirk's been going through in in the last couple of years. With, I mean, they wouldn't let you go read your own books books about faith and redemption and and children's books right. that talk about growing up and the values and and godliness and, and these kind of things great principles and they fought you they wouldn't let you come read to those books in the libraries what's up with that well they're not great principles if you're a communist <laughs> right those are antithetical to your worldview and you want to yeah. put that down along with all the rest of western civilization which is ultimately rooted in the Bible. You yeah. gotta get rid of all that stuff if you wanna bring in a great reset, if you wanna bring in socialism or anything like that. Uh, can, we, is, can we go there? Can I say things 100%. like this on your show? You can say anything right. you, you got want a hat to say. on, so I know I can That's say right. things. You're under my umbrella, Kurt. You got it, I've got it covered so, for both of us. Here's a quick um, uh, 30,000 foot view of what happened. Last Christmas, I wrote a children's book um, uh, called As You Grow, and it was teaching children how to grow the, the fruit of the Spirit. That's a biblical term for the things like love, joy, peace, kindness, Horrible gentleness. Concepts. Yeah. Horrible concepts. All right. And uh, I wanted to read it in a public library setting to kids, like so many other people have been doing, these story hours that you've been hearing. Yeah. And I was denied by over 50 woke libraries that had previously held drag queen story hours and promoted them wow. for children. And when we asked them, why don't you let me come in? They said, our values are not aligned. Our community doesn't want your kind of a message. We're, we're a, we're a uh, inclusive society here. And so we don't appreciate your messaging. 
and of course you see the you see the irony there the, the contradiction mm. there i said why aren't you including me then you know what, what, what's the deal and i reminded him this is america you're engaged in viewpoint discrimination saying yes to this group with mm. with even sexualized content that's inappropriate for kids and no to me to talk about love and even worse, if you're discriminating based on Christianity, that's a violation of the Constitution of America, mm. and you're going to be held responsible in court. So they reversed course. I went to the library, Indianapolis, downtown, 3,000 parents and grandparents show up for a book reading of a little book like this, teaching kids about self-control mm. and love and peace. And uh, that showed me that there is a loving army out there that is passionate about their children, about the future, about the family, about this country, about God, and they wanna get behind the restoration of good things in this country. And to get back to the principles that lead to blessing and protection. So that's what I've been doing for a year, going to public libraries. We had a second book come out called Pride Comes Before the Fall. Mm -hmm. That was about humility. We released it during Pride Month. Uh, debuted in Seattle, Washington Public Library. <laughs> that it. was a hoot. And then this newest one is called uh, The Fox, the Fair, and the Invention Scare about loving your enemies. Mm. So with everything going on in the Middle East, everything going on here, I figured this would be a good time to give our kids a better strategy yeah. than uh, cut their throat before they cut yours. Yeah, I mean, that's a time, timely message. And, and that's you're right, because you go out and, you know, I, it's like we recognize that the next generation is important. Like everything that's valuable to us, whether it's the church, whether it's freedom, whatever, it's always one generation away from extinction. If we don't put those values in the next generation, they're gone. Well, these folks out there, the socialists, the Marxists, the, the whatever, they recognize that. They've been playing the long game and they're beating us at it. That's right. We claim to value it, but we're not doing anything about it. You know, you, you're, you've now started uh, something called Skytree Book Fairs. I used to love going to the book fair. Man, when they brought that thing in there, I counted. So my, fun, right? I, it was colorful books all over the bookshelves. And he was like, oh, he was like, what can I budget myself? But but when you go to the book fairs at the school now, it's kind of got a different look, right? It's not the race car. It's not the train. It's not the horse on the cover. What do they got now? Well, now it's a little different. Um, like, um, welcome to St. Hell, my trans teen misadventure uh, that contains true pornography and sexually obscene material for minors. Wow. Uh, you got stars in their eyes. You got um, one uh, called Rick, um, which is... All, all about changing your genders. Many of these books now from Scholastic Books, which, by the way, they're the world's largest producer and distributor of children's books. Yeah, in, we, we've in, all read Scholastic yeah, Books our entire yeah, lives. All, yeah, we love them. But now they're laced with gender-confusing, obscene, sexually explicit material inside of books that have covers that appear to be benign. Mm. And... You know, we've all seen the videos of the mom at the school board meeting railing on the school board, but we said, where is this material coming from in the first place? And we discovered that the, that there is a wolf in grandma's clothing mm. who wants to eat the kids alive and it's scholastic books. Yeah. They've been around for over a hundred years, billion dollar company, and they are uh, the monopolizer of all of these materials. So what we are wanting people to do is don't just take my word for it. See it with your own eyes. If you go to uh, our website, you can download a PDF that has book titles, pages, and copies of the of stuff like this. Chad, we're talking about 
clothes off, full naked, girl pointing at her private parts, calling it her imaginary willy, with an instruction manual on how to hide from your parents the way to inject yourself with enough hormones to turn your female sex part into a two-inch bat and balls. Wow. And this is being marketed to minors. Minor minors, like children. Like children. And encouraging kids to explore drag uh, at four and five years old. And it's so explicit that even Facebook cancels the ads for these books due to violation of sexually explicit codes. And those are codes for adults, not to mention this is all for minors. Mm. So if you download this PDF, you can show your friends, see for yourself, show your principal, go to your school, show your librarian, your school board, let them know what's in the books. And then... You can replace these harmful scholastic book fairs with helpful, wholesome book fairs. Go to skytreebookfairs.org. Yeah, and you can bring them in. And you can replace them. We've already got the first one happening in Virginia next month, and Mm -hmm. we have over 700 public schools and private schools who are actively in the process of swapping out scholastic book fairs for skytree book fairs. Yeah. And uh, you can change what's going on because your kid gets gets one book in their mind and you read the reviews and they say, this is the book that made me go uh, to the doctor and cut off my body parts. Yeah. And you need every book in your kid's library at their little school and elementary school to be reinforcing the values that you believe in. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, here in Texas, people say, well, I've looked in our school library. We don't have those things. I said, or certain titles that I've recommended. I said, y'all understand, you can go online. There is a Texas educational online library with recommended reading in there as well. I mean, it gets, it gets deep, dude. I mean, with the stuff that they're hiding from us, not just what's in plain sight. Yes, and the, the the a lot of the really bad stuff, you can't tell by looking at the title. Right. Because it doesn't say it, and that's the point, right? If you're a drug dealer and you want to lace, you want to get drugs to kids, you might lace some Halloween candy with something that they can't see. Yeah. Well, here you have Scholastic lacing books that look benign for children with material that is not just asking them to make a choice about who they want to be, but it's actually leading them down a path that will destroy them and their families. And when, you, when I read the, uh, the biographies and the personal memoirs of the authors of these books, you find out these are broken people from broken mm-hmm. family situations. Yeah, and now they're just recounting their story and inviting kids to come in and, and recreate those stories and have a sense of community and go down the same broken path of isolation, depression, and, yeah. and, and lostness that they're in. Man, thank you, first of all, for doing what you're doing. I mean, you could be using your platform for so many different things. So many do. Ed, you didn't have to do this. But thank God you've got that conviction and the leading to do what you're doing. And I can tell you this, folks, from firsthand experience, the books that they're putting out, whether it's with Brave Books or whatever, way better quality books and better stories than that. And I know people are going to say, well, so, so does that mean we're going to have just this Christian book fair that's going to no, come in here? No, that's not what it is. Skytree Book Fairs uh, um, aggregates books from the best authors and publishers around the country. They're uh, 
uh, like I said, we've got 700 of them in the works and the majority will be in the fall and there will be 500 titles that you can choose from that have all been vetted for content to make sure there's no critical race theory, now, or this, this um, sexually obscene stuff, uh, all the gender confusing stuff, all of that's out and these are about good, wholesome values that yeah. made America the freest, strongest, greatest place in the world and yeah. put the focus on God and the family. Well, we're in trouble, man. I mean, if we don't do something about it, yeah, because it, our kids are being brainwashed, yeah, sexualized, even. I mean, it's it's insane what's what they're being exposed to. Yeah, and 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 now we need parents to wake up and remember that the task of nourishing and protecting children was given to us. So mm. if this is now a dangerous place for our children, I'm sorry, but that's on us. Yeah. And we need to say, wait a minute, let's take back our responsibility mm -hmm. and let's not just complain about a bad culture. We're putting them there. Yeah. And we have the opportunity to vote the right people in and then get involved on a local yeah. level. And so that's what I wanna do. I don't wanna just hear about people peddling fear and, and, and rehearsing the problem. Let's get some solutions and then find out who's on board to go do something. Yeah. So I'm, I'm well, connecting with you, Brave Books, and these these uh, guys at Skytree Book Fairs. So skytreebooksfairs.org and then kirkcameron.com is, yeah. is your site, which has a number of resources in there, like the homeschool revival. Yep, yep. we're doing all kinds of things. Tons of things. Because I, you know, everybody that watches this show or listens to this show, you know my, my thing is you got to get your kids out of public schools. I stand by that. It's, you know, it's... They've become public enemy number one because yeah. the whole point of public schools, begun by Horace Mann mm -hmm. in the very beginning days, was essentially to strip... Um, biblical Christianity out of the family uh, and the way that you do it is by essentially getting the kids away from their parents for seven hours a day and convince the parents that what their kids really need is professional teaching experts yeah. and then that's where you bring in all the Marxism you bring in all the socialism and you separate them from the things that matter and that's how we're here today Scholastic is simply following in the footsteps of the Humanist Manifesto, yeah. and all of that can be traced back to the public school system. Make sure you're following him on social media as well. On Twitter, he blasts Scholastic on his Twitter feed this week, so good job on that. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for the time. Thank, and, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate man. you. Keep on going. We're praying for you. Guys, we know the unthinkable is here. Some of these things that we're talking about, uh, there's things we didn't see coming. And uh, you know something's wrong out there in the world. The headlines are starting to prove us right. We got these so-called trusted institutions that are telling you not to worry, that everything's fine, but you know better than that. Self-reliance doesn't happen overnight, folks. You got to start somewhere. And I encourage you to start with my Patriot Supply. They are the country's largest preparedness company. It is... Uh, they're more than equipped to stock your shelves. Ditch those canned vegetables and the box pastas. Get their best-selling three-month food kit. It'll provide delicious breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Last up to 25 years and uh, 2,000 calories every day. You, you're going to get everything you need with that. You need to get one of those kits for every member of your family. Uh, it's good stuff. Start to strengthen your food supply now. Get the three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. Go to my special website, preparewithchad.com, and get ready. If you order right now, they'll ship it up by 3 o'clock. Preparewithchad.com. Hang tight. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. One of my favorite human beings on the planet and I think is the smartest 
person out there, just smartest. And the reason she's so smart is because not only the things she knows, she knows how to explain them in ways that I can understand them. I was on a live feed video this morning with a bunch of people watching, and I and I mentioned that she's she's like this economist that's really funny. And, and I was like, I don't know how those things go together. But anyway, Carol Roth. I can't believe you just called me an economist. That is a complete insult. I it can is. explain economics, but yeah. economists Economist. are actually idiots. I They're to... idiots that are pretending <laughs> to be smart. So can, can we take that? Can you walk that back? Yeah, no, I, I can't do it. I, I, I wanted to think of the most absurd thing to call you, but still has a personality. And I was like, I didn't know how to describe it. But just like a baroness? Just, just not. Just, <laughs> just she's a queen. The, she's she's the a queen. baroness of money. Uh, you know, I'd love to say that I helped your book become a bestseller, but I didn't uh, <laughs> because it's already a bestseller. You will own nothing. It's a fantastic book. Everybody needs to read that book and uh, just dive into it and just absorb it. Just all the stuff and get it to the point where you can just explain it back to people. And Carol does a great job of breaking it down. I want to ask you a question. How much trouble are we in? Because the World Economic Forum, they said, what, by 2030, we will own nothing and, and be happy, right? Right. Doesn't yeah. sound happy to me. You know, it's funny. One of my favorite parts about this prediction is it says, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. It's not we'll own nothing. Right. Like, we're going to be pretty good. But you over there, well, it's not going to be so good for that. But you'll be happy about it. And that's the PSYOP, right? They mm -hmm. want you to buy into it. They want you to be part of Gen Z or millennials and going, oh, well, YOLO, we don't need to own anything. Our lives are gonna be easy. Everybody yeah. else is gonna take care of it for us. Because if you buy into it, then they don't have to force it down your throat. You've already subscribed. You've already met them halfway. Well, they're up there buying the houses, buying the land, buying everything. You'll own nothing, Chad. I, I yeah, you know, like I had a friend of mine tell me a long time ago, he said, because um, I like my stuff. He said, uh, he said, if you were a tribe of Israel, you would be a stuffite. <laughs> he said, because you have and everything. And you would be under attack, but that's a whole I know, separate story. Exactly. We'd be, we'd <laughs> right. be getting, yeah. Uh, but he said, you have so much stuff. Like if the new computer comes out, you go get that. And I've, I've, as I've gotten older, I've tamed myself a little sure bit. Sure you have. Yeah. yeah. It's just, we just change it. Older the boys, the bigger the toys, that kind of thing. But I, I've worked hard to live in a first world country and enjoy what a first world country provides, right? I like, I like my comforts and it seems like we're losing a lot of that. I went to a gas pump this morning and couldn't get a single diesel pump in the lot to work for some reason. I'm like, you know, forget the price on the board of how expensive they said it was gonna be. They didn't even have it in there. It wasn't in the tank. Um, I read a thing the other day that said like, what, 32% of your annual income is what it's going to take to own a house uh, for most people in the upcoming days. People are buying groceries with credit cards that are now up to like 33% on their interest. How in the world are we supposed to just take it? I mean, what do we do? in regards to that, because it's coming for us. Right, I mean, th this is the part that is frustrating to me. You get people who are marching about like every cause on the planet, except for the ones that impact them on their day-to-day -day mm. lives. You know, back in the 70s, there were protests against the Fed when there was high inflation. You had car dealers who had cars on the lots that they couldn't sell and they would mail the keys into the Fed or the home builders yeah. would send you know lumber out. Like, why are we not having these protests, peaceful protests, of course, um, you know, at the Fed, at the Treasury, at Congress, why are people not calling their 
representatives and saying, like, slow your roll on spending. Americans have had to tighten our belts. We've had to make substitutions and choices. You guys are acting like you have an unlimited credit card because they basically do. But that unfortunately, that bill is coming to us. And that becomes the issue. And until we all start going, this is a problem and telling them it's going to be a problem for them. Everybody's distracted by stuff, 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 but not the important stuff. Have you seen that the app that's the U.S. debt clock? <laughs> of course it, I have. It, brrr, yeah. I mean, you're just yeah. spinning through the millions of dollars we're spending I, a I, second. I, I talked about this with Glenn. It used to be that it was like this very slow burn. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's been like three years and it's still at this number. And now you check it every day and it's gone up by like, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. Like, people can't even internalize it anymore. The numbers are so big that it's like meaningless. Like, yeah. For the average person, if the U.S. debt is at 26 trillion or 33 trillion, like they don't know how to make sense of that. They don't understand that debt to GDP is now at 120 plus percent, where it should be at 70 to 80 percent max debt to GDP. Our deficits are running about 8 percent of GDP. That's more than double the historical average. Makes me feel great. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately like I'm a fun person, but I'm not bringing any sort of good news here. This is the unfortunate part because I'd like to just have fun and and chill out with you. But none of this (laughs) is really good news. And that's the I'm just the messenger. So don't shoot me. This is not my fault. I'm just the reality bringer here. Well, I was talking to you about a review I read on the book and the book is fantastic. Get the book and read it. Uh, is it on audiobook and and at this point? You, you got to own it. You have to own the physical book. You got to own the physical and, book. And you, you know do, why? You know why I have to own yeah. the physical book? It's because someday somebody's going to go in there and Delete. change it. They're going to change it. There you go. They're going to yeah. say that I said something completely different. What so. I encourage people to do, though, everybody that's listened to me for any length of time, what I tell people to do is get the audiobook and the physical book and read them together. Ah, yes. Because it helps your brain process and you can get through it faster, too. I think the comprehension it's, it's helps. It's good. A yeah, you bit. can listen to it once and then you can kind of go back and reference yeah 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 but, i yeah. like the physical books i like to highlight i like the dog ear i like to you know yeah. put the put the pages down and stuff like that so i can go back and reference it you can't do that with an audio book yeah. right and you can't do it with a digital book either you can't you know the little scrolling thing yeah. you do on a the tablet. only problem with the audio book is i don't read it they never let me read my books i don't know why what's up I with think that i think it would be great so i always insist that a guy reads it so really? that some person who stumbles into it doesn't hear a female voice and go that carol roth she's boring no that's not me that's not some boring. dude i know so that's we we make sure that doesn't happen so chris henry coffee who did my last book did this one, so. i would sit there and listen to your voice round the clock carol thank you chad i would say <laughs> get I, all I sultry i appreciate that the uh, I, uh i'll tell you though you it somebody in a review called you a fear monger and i'm like it's not fear-mongering when you've got as many references as you've got and the and the footnotes and the the text and the proof and the quotes and the and we just talked about the debt clock and the interest and the percentages that dude was unhinged i know exactly who it is they clearly did not read the book yeah and that was exactly what i was trying not to do i was trying to take the conspiracy element out of all of these things and most of the time i'm quoting somebody who said it like right out of their mouth and have more than 600 sources when joe biden goes in front of the business roundtable on march 21st 2022 mm. and says there is going to be a new world order out there yeah. and we've got to lead it 
that's not me fear-mongering. That's me telling you what is on the White House's website right now. Yeah. So blame him for doing the fear-mongering, not well, me. My thing is, are we misunderstanding them? I mean, <laughs> are, I mean are, are we misunderstanding Klaus Schwab? I mean, is, is it, it, it was like, was he kidding? Was it tongue-in-cheek? Was he being sarcastic <laughs> when he said that, or do they I mean, mean it? They, they would, it would be really fun if they were being sarcastic. No, I mean, this is a guy who has had this idea of stakeholder capitalism since the early 1970s when mm. he created the predecessor to the WEF, which was the European Management Forum that then became the WEF. His whole thing has always been about quote-unquote stakeholder stakeholders, which is different from shareholders. When mm. you're a shareholder, you own something. You have put up your capital or your blood, sweat, and tears to have a stake in something. Yeah. They made up this word, stakeholders, so that anybody who hasn't, take risks, hasn't taken a risk can all of a sudden say, well, now I'm a part of this. So he has been separating the concept of what it means to take risk and to be an owner from you know how he wants to push ideas since the 70s. I mean, this guy is the most persistent you know what yeah. of all time we'll give him credit for that but he ain't funny and he ain't sar sarcastic <laughs> and he's, he's telling you that it's gonna shot. be you owning nothing not him and his course. I mean this guy takes a million francs salary Swiss francs which is about the equivalent of a dollar a year and then like when he has his Davos forum relies on taxpayers to fund security so you know again mm. I'm gonna tell you this it's not gonna work for me but for all of you plebes out there this is gonna be the life that you're living so a good friend of mine, Larry Taunton, he went to Davos at the last one. He's going to go back again. He kind of goes in as an undercover. And um, he had to raise money to go because people don't realize you go to Davos, Switzerland, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. And you don't just fly into it unless you have a private jet, which all of the elites do. Right. All the people who are pushing ESG right. and the fact that this is all very bad. You know, we can't have fossil fuels except for their private jets. Yeah. Right. And I asked him, I said, is it what you suspect it to be? Like, the, he goes, oh, my God. He said it just. It just just reeks of the elitism of these people of like and he kind of has that look he's a world traveler he's an author he's you know he's been all over he's a very cultured guy so he kind of blends he right right in he yeah. blends yeah. right in he's he got looks, the look he looks elite he's got the look yeah. and uh but he was like it's like three thousand dollars a night for hotel rooms and insane stuff these are People of the people, right? These are the people who know the struggles really in touch of the Americans man. and people around the world who really should be telling us yeah. what we can and can't do. And, and that's the, the ridiculous piece of this whole thing. They have benefited from the system. They're the ones that know that you have to own assets that store value or appreciate in value in order to create wealth. They have all done it. They all yeah. continue to do it. What are they doing? Central banks are buying gold. The wealthy are buying more land. They're buying more homes. By the way, many of them on water fronts, even though they're telling us the sea mm -hmm. is going to rise. You have to just look at what they're doing and not listen to a word they're saying. Just emulate everything that you're they're doing and you will be fine. And as a homework assignment, I want you guys <laughs> to start with Jeff Bezos, who moved out of Seattle, now is going to Miami. Yes. And look at how many other billionaire elitists have moved to Miami. That global warming thing or climate change, whatever the hell they're calling it these days. Apparently, they don't believe in all that stuff. No, not point. so much. So I got a couple of questions. We're going to have some fun. Hang tight. Okay. We're going to go to a quick break. Uh, since the early days of Blaze, we've been fortunate to work with the folks over at Relief Factor. And uh, I take Relief Factor. I love it. And uh, I'm so proud to partner with those guys. You know, they tried it out back when nobody had heard of Relief Factor. They tried it out in their hometown of Seattle and found out that it had a remarkable ability to reduce pain for different types of chronic ailments. Um, 
you know, the thing about it is inflammation is not only the chief cause of pain, but it's also a factor in many of many other diseases. And uh, Relief Factor will help keep your inflammation markers in check. Hundreds of thousands of people can't be wrong. They order Relief Factor every month. About 70% of that keep on reordering it every single month because it works. You can order the trial pack right now for $19.95. That's a three-week trial pack. See if it'll work for you, and I bet it will. Go over to relieffactor.com to order. You can call them on the phone, 800, the number four, relief. That's relieffactor.com. We'll be right back. You know, I, I used to say, uh, well, everybody has said it. It's a, it's a phrase people say, you know, cash is king. Yes. Um, My dad was big on that. He had the big wad of cash. Yeah. He'd pull out a $100 bill. He'd say, it's the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> of course it wasn't. There was always another one in the stash there. But he loved that. You know, he was back in the day, like the Rat Pack kind of vibe. And yeah. Everyone had the big wads of cash and yeah. the pinky rings. Missed that time. Yeah. I, I, you know, I keep a little bit of cash in an undisclosed location in a, in a, in a safe space that I know where it's at, locked up. And I was, and I, I kind of, I went through it the other day. I said, you know, I should probably count this and like see what's here. And, um, I kind of felt like Silas Marner, you know, running his finger through his gold, you know, digging it up in the middle of the night. And I, anyway, I don't know. Um, it's not king anymore, no, though. I was going to say it's not so, king. You can count it all you want, but here, it's, here's the thing with nothing cash. behind it. Yeah, I mean, it, if you have you know gold and silver physical coins, you know, that's one thing. But yeah. actual cash is, you know, they're depreciating that, they're devaluing and debasing the money. So you got to go get that, go put that in a T-bill or in a money market, other mm. money market product that's yielding over 5%. Because if you're just letting that sit under your mattress, like that's just, you, it's worth less and less and less. You've got to, at a minimum, be in something like a, a money market product. Is that the best thing you think to do? Like, With let's your, say somebody's got $100,000. And they say, I need to stick this somewhere. Right. Like, what, what, do you, what do you suggest? Okay, so first of all, this is not financial advice. It's not legal, financial legally advice. Legally, and it obviously it depends on your risk objectives and your portfolio, whatever. But if you have money that you think you might need and you need it liquid, mm -hmm. absolutely money market products. And what I do is something called a ladder. So I'll put some in one or two month T-bills. I'll put some in four month T-bills. I'll put some in six month. And what that means is that they're constantly maturing. And then I can see, okay, where have the rates gone? Mm -hmm. And do I want to, you know, up for a little bit of a longer time, or maybe I need that cash now. Yeah. But you cannot let your cash just sit around and be debased by the Fed and the government. You have to be earning at least five plus percent on your money, which is quote unquote risk free. And it's risk free in the sense that, you know, if the government yeah. defaults, we all have much bigger problems. And that's why that's you hedge true. your portfolio in other ways. But you cannot <laughs> let cash just sit around. So anything that you have hiding in there, you go get yourself some T-bills or, you know, a CD or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I got little bottles of whiskey and 22 bullets. I mean, that's my barter for the I mean, that's not so. a bad thing, too. Uh, <laughs> I call it the prepper's portfolio, yeah. right? It's Campbell's soup, it's guns, it's gold. Isn't it right? crazy that, we, yeah. that these are the conversations we're having right now? But, I mean, we're facing war with... I mean, but again, the, you mentioned it, ESG, modern monetary theory. I mean, cash, they love debt, they love deficits. They, you know, we, we laughed at the Green New Deal, and now here they are. They're implementing this crap. These MMT people, you know, the modern monetary theory, which I call magic money tree, mm -hmm. borrowed that from somebody else. But these are people who have 
you know, espoused ridiculous things that we have now seen in practice. We told them it wasn't going to work. We told them it was going to bring inflation. We now have the inflation. Like, where is the parade of sending them down the street and us all pointing and laughing, going, shame, shame on you, shame on you. We're not listening. I mean, these are people who are advisors to presidential candidates. These are people in, you know, teaching economics in schools. This is a bad thing. And again, we don't have enough people who are pointing them and saying, you got this wrong and, you know, shame on you. And, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to be held accountable? We were talking a little while ago. And of course, your your prior book, um, you know, talking about we were talking about destroying small business. And, and, you know, you another uplifting topic at this stage (laughs) in the game. I think we're destroying our own small business because we talked about the. The lack of the workforce and their attitudes towards it and the lackadaisical attitudes that are there and just people are lazy. Um, is is capitalism alive in this country? Is it still a thing? Does well, it exist? So it, it all depends on your definitions, right? Okay. And so when I look at sort of a spectrum of capitalism to central planning, you know, capitalism is just us freely exchanging, freely trading. We're making our own decisions. There's a lot of transparency. Mm-hmm. And there are some rules of the game that we all play by, the protection of property rights. Um, you know, and that's on one side. And then on the other side, and you can name it whatever ism you want, but I like central planning because it kind of encompasses everything, is a handful of people who are directing more and more capital, more and more choices. They're deciding usually very opaquely on behalf of everyone else. So So I would argue that for quite some time, we've been much more over here than we have over here. And that has been the root of our problems. Mm. And if we got these people out of the way, if we shrunk down the size of the government and instead of us giving them, you know, trillions of dollars every year for them to decide where it went, if we were making these decisions and participating in that upside and that growth in a more productive way, because our capital is much more productive than what they're doing over there, um, we would be in a very different scenario. But, you know, kind of like that directive of you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, people have bought into the you'll be happy. We just want someone else to tell us what to do and then we'll complain a little bit about it they've tilted the playing field so you know them and their cronies are doing well and everybody else is suffering and unfortunately people you know they see the the ailment but they don't know what's caused it Mm. and then they go oh it's capitalism okay well the fact that the fed destroyed monetary policy destroyed risk for 15 years we had 15 years of near zero or zero interest rates and Mm nine trillion dollars that they printed out of nowhere and put on their balance sheet that's not capitalism that's there's nowhere in the rules of free trade where that existed and all that did was transfer trillions of dollars of wealth from main street to wall street so the more we can get people to understand what these issues are and i understand that it's complicated but you need to figure out what they are so we can push back on the right places you you brought up something right there talking about shrinking the size of the government i don't know if that's even realistic anymore at that point at this point i mean i don't know i mean I know that hypothetically speaking, as we go into an election year of 2024, you got Biden, you got Trump. Both of them were big. Both of them are big spenders. Big spenders. Big. Both of we them. got our Donnie dollars. We got our Biden bucks. Yeah. They just had a different name on them. Big spenders. And I know there are a lot of people who are big Trump fans. Obviously, he did really great um, from a foreign policy perspective. But from a 
business economics perspective, which is, you know, he's the business guy. This mm-hmm. was the guy we were counting on to, to make, you know, a, a great financial situation. He spent a ton of, money. ton of money. He did a ton of stimulus. And I understand that he didn't have, you know, Congress's full backing, but he didn't push back on them either. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's my thing. People say, oh, well, I remember, you know, three years ago, gas was $1.85 a gallon. I was like, yeah, but we were going eight and a half trillion further dollars in debt. So <laughs> right. uh, it's kind of, we, right. roosters no, no, kind of came no, home. There's no doubt. Let, let's just, let's be clear. There's no doubt that economically we were in a better place under yeah, yeah, Trump yeah. than we are today. But the macro issues that are going to debase our currency and to create these long-term issues, that was still a structural issue under his administration. I want to, you can hang for another minute. I can hang for a minute. I like you so much. Well, thanks. I always, I don't get, back at you. Like the last time I think I saw you was on Skype and it's been a minute since you were in here. I don't know. I can't keep up with our relationship, Carol. It's weird. Glad your husband's in town, damn it. (laughs) Uh. Listen, I, I, I want to bring up, I want to talk to you about something funny. And um, so let's go ahead and go to a break. (laughs) And uh, while we go to the break, if you're watching the commercials, then just um, go go to buy where where books are bought. That was a hard phrase for me to say. I hate recommending Amazon and things like that, but. Your small business bookseller in your your local community, bookshop.org, fulfills from small business booksellers. Some guy on the street who's hawking them. You will own nothing. Go buy that fear-mongering book. (laughs) by Carol Roth, but she's not going anywhere. Not yet. Okay. Listen, guys, we know that Hollywood's been lacking for years when it comes to stories of redemption. You know, movies, TV shows trend towards the anti-hero, the flawed person who makes no effort to change and just becomes worse and worse as the story goes on. Well, they they did a great story about my, my friend Phil Robertson, The Blind. It's the true story of the Robertson family. And let me tell you something, what a, what a wild family, but their story's even wilder. So you can now purchase it on Blaze TV. So, hey, maybe you're one of those people like Phil made a mess of their life and maybe, you know, somebody you love's in a dark place. Maybe all of those things are happening for you and you know somebody that feels beyond redemption. You need to watch this movie. You really do. There's always hope. Uh, it's an incredible journey. Uh, it'll introduce you to the, the, the journey of Phil Robertson, which is an amazing story. And uh, it's very vulnerable uh, for a guy who's a very very strong guy and it's it's pretty amazing so check it out you can go blaze media and uh, check it out if you don't have a blaze subscription blaze tv.com slash chad uh you can actually use promo code chad plus right now get you 36 bucks off the annual subscription i think that's maybe the biggest deal we've ever done were they losing their minds upstairs listen get it don't send your money to apple or amazon like we were talking about do it at blaze tv okay hang tight we'll be right back So I was telling you, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. I probably won't. You can handle it. Um, Yeah, it's pretty hard to embarrass me. You're you're pretty solid. Yeah. Um, About capitalism, we we really made light of a funny story yesterday and spent way too much time talking about it. Sarah Gonzalez and I did on last night's show about this guy in New York who's made a business of selling unvaccinated sperm, and apparently it's gone off pretty successfully. But I mean, that's that's a that's. That's forward thinking. Of course, now I said a long time ago, unvaccinated sperm was going to be the new Bitcoin. I said that like two years ago. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, capitalism always wins. Yeah. Um, you do have to you know, ask yourself, OK, yes, I want the unvaccinated <laughs> sperm, but do I also want the same sperm that everybody else is getting? Right. Because now we're going to have a really big extended family. Right. And very that homogenous. gets very expensive at uh, the holidays when you <sighs> find out that you have like 95, yeah. you know, nieces and nephews. Yeah, because this guy's got yeah. three kids of his own and 16 that he's... Fathered. Fathered. Yes. 
Which, I mean, forget the morality of it. <laughs> Let's just throw the morality Screw to the side. Screw the ethics right, yeah, right. at this point. But I thought, man, this is... This is the world we're living in, though. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's going to probably be other things, right? It's going to be blood. It's going to be organs, hair, make some wig, get an unvaccinated wig, just chop it off, right? And I guess we're all crazy for getting into this stuff. But, like, Brandon, did you send me the story? Somebody sent me the story the other day of this. I don't know who she is, but she's an influencer who's got millions and millions and millions of YouTube followers. She's selling her bathwater in a jar. Oh, yeah. That's been going on for a long time. These, these um, you know, e-girls that they, they like to call them, they're very good at the capitalism. They'll come up with all kinds of crazy stuff. And the, <laughs> the issue is, who are the people on the other end buying it? Because you can offer yeah. anything you want for sale, but it doesn't mean that there's a right. market for it. So the question is, what are we teaching these young men who are yeah. like, hey, I went out, I worked hard, I made some few extra dollars. I think I'm going to spend that <laughs> on some bathwater of the e influencer. Yeah. This is when I say you will own, so, you need to own something. This is not what I'm That's talking about. This is not what I'm talking about, Chad. We want to own assets that are going to have the opportunity to appreciate and value. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like a, you know, I can't prognosticate the market, but I'm guessing that that's probably not going to be retaining its value. No, probably not. Like the people who paid me for the show in gold coins we were talking about there, like that might, that show might still appreciate, you know, somebody paid me after the show. 5,000 year social contract on old. Yes. That's, that seems like a good thing to be investing in bathwater. Not so much. Can't, can't see that. Yeah. Can't see that happening. No. Um, no, it's a it's a weird deal though, and I mean, and I'm sitting there going, you know, listen, if we've got um, if we've got uh, people out there who are going to pay 35 percent of their annual income to just to live in a house and get no bathwater, they can't exactly. Right. Why are you buying her bathwater? So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I've always used my whatever popularity, I guess, to sell T-shirts and hats and apparel and things like that. I'm doing this wrong. Yes, yes, clearly, you need to get a bathtub here on the that set. I need to go you know, in there and you put know, bottle in a it jar up. or something. <laughs> Well, you know, the nice thing that's about weird. the nice thing about that is that's much easier to produce. Right? I guess I guess it's a weird diet. Actually, but, that, um, that that girl had to retire because she had a very severe medical emergency from her diet and like constantly pushing out farts. So that really, was, yeah, short shelf life on that career. I appreciate her authentic commitment to actually <laughs> put the fart in the jar and to not just put air and just try to pass it off. Well, so she was being at least authentic. Well, so maybe, maybe since those are limited edition, maybe those will appreciate in value. Carol, why are we the only sane people on the planet at this point? I mean, what does it what does it actually say about the world yeah. that we are the bastion of sanity oh. and common sense? Like, if you had told people, like, hey, okay, just so you know, yeah. later on, Chad and Carol are going to be the ones that you guys need to look to when times are bad because they know what's going on. It doesn't say a lot no. about the world, Chad. I'm, no, I'm if sorry I'm, to say. If Carol's your muse and I am your mystic, <laughs> We're screwed. We're screwed. No, you'd be actually, you'd be okay with Carol, but don't pay attention to me. Nothing I say. Um, it, then there was the Gwyneth Paltrow candle she put out a couple of years ago, you know, yeah. that smell like her, whatever. Yeah, she well, she's made like a whole industry whole out thing. of like, let's see, let's be really prim and proper, but he he he, yeah. let's do something naughty. And, you know, I'm going to charge you $50 yeah. for this kind of letting you break out of that feeling. I told, you know, it's weird. Like I told a friend of mine who was a wedding photographer years ago, uh, she was charging like $2,000 to go shoot somebody's wedding. I said, you're way too low. And she goes, well, I said, 
The other person down in Houston who's doing this is charging $12,000 a wedding. Their quality of their photo- photographs is no different than yours. I said, but the perception, right? the perception is they're better because they charge more. Right. You know? And and then you have to do fewer events right. in order to make the same amount of money. And when now you're competing with everybody's smartphone, because mm-hmm. right, we can go and take our own pictures and try to, to make that happen. Yeah. I agree, if you can create that premium pricing, that kind of, you have to have it, or maybe there's a wait list, maybe you can't actually get, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I'm not sure if we can do your wedding because there's a really big wait list and then, they come off the wait list. Mm-hmm. You got to create that exclusivity. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I told the makeup girls here, the girl that owns the makeup company that's here at the Blaze, I said, because they've got to do weddings. I was like, Hopefully you didn't tell I'm them like, to charge the Blaze more. No, but I told I don't them think the they're going to be very happy about no, that. No, Glenn wouldn't like that. <laughs> yeah. And Glenn, trust me, it's a lot of makeup. It's not even Glenn anymore. It's just all makeup. This, it's like his hair's black, actually. Let's spray that in there. Um, but I told them, I said, y'all don't charge enough for weddings and things like that. I just, that's the way my brain thinks. Well, listen, you know? it, it depends. A, you have to provide that premium value and service. That's true. You have to have that clientele available to you. So depending yeah. on where you are geographically or how you provide that service. But yeah, I mean, listen, if you can sell stuff to rich people, that's always a good business model because sure. they, they have a lot of disposable income. They're not as price sensitive. And if you make their lives easy and you do it well, they're going to pay for that convenience. And as we talked about right now, you know, it's not a a help wanted issue. It's that we didn't get the help that we wanted. And there are a lot of people who aren't delivering the goods, so to speak. So that's become sort of a competitive advantage differentiator. I don't want to go to a bar. I don't want to go to a restaurant. I don't want to go anywhere that I have to wait on somebody that just doesn't care. You know, and that's that's true. And, And this is a problem because, you know, growing up, the one thing that my dad, after he pulled out his big wad of cash, told me was, you know, you're putting your name on it. That means something, right? You need to take pride. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, when I was 12, he signed me up to work in the day camp kitchen for the summer and I made (laughs) peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but I made darn good peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Haven't cooked since, by the way, but I, you know, that was what I was doing Mm. and I was proud that this was my contribution and what everybody's doing, it's their art, it's your contribution. People just don't care. They don't care about their name, their, their value that they're bringing doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And and that's we've we've lost that. We need to get people to to take that personal pride. They seem to have pride in everything else. They want to share literally everything about their lives, right. but they don't want to take pride in, in their name and what they're doing. That's true. And there's no pursuit of excellence. And guess what? If you continue with that type of mindset, you will actually be a self fulfilling prophecy and you will own nothing. You'll own nothing. And so. be a bastion of mediocrity, <sighs> which is, by the way, it's my number one. What's your number one fear in life? Mediocrity. Mediocrity. Yeah. It's an enemy. Yeah. Let go of whatever makes you stop. Do not pursue that enemy, which is mediocrity. That's for sure. How often are you on Glenn? You're on Glenn once a week? Whenever Glenn invites me. Some I weeks it's like we talk though, so. about stuff and then it's come back tomorrow. Sometimes it's a couple weeks. So there's not like a specific time. Yeah. It's just whenever, you know, he feels like he needs to to get something going on in the financial economic yeah. realm. Well, I yeah. love it. I'm always I'm always listening and I'm always listening for you. So when when you're on there, so I, I really do appreciate you. We have fun together, and and but we get to see each other on the social medias too. So that's yeah, that's we another, do. Yeah. And we have fun, and you need to be following her on the socials. We've got it down there on the on the deal. But she's fun and funny, and she's always making fun of the fashion shows, which we didn't get into today. But we'll do yeah. it next time. Yeah. On what occasion would one wear this? It's a cowboy event, okay? <laughs> All right. Carol Roth, get her book. You will own nothing. It is a bestseller for a reason, and I promise you it will enrich and you will fi- enrich your life and you'll find a lot of value in it. Carol, thank you.
Thank you. All right. Hang tight. We'll be right back. What an action-packed episode, boys. Everybody was in here. I feel like we filmed four shows today. Good Lord, man. We never have that many guests. And all we had was two. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the way it goes. Uh, but thanks to Kirk and Carol for coming in and hanging out, uh, taking some time out of their busy, busy schedule. Two awesome people. And um, this uh, tomorrow, we got a comedian, Derek Richards, is going to be with us for Thursday, getting off the rails. Then Friday, my good buddy, uh, Michael Loftus, uh, you've probably seen him on a few shows like Gutfeld and his own That Show Tonight. Uh, funny, funny comedian. We've traveled around the country together. He's going to be with me for overtime, so don't miss that. We'll unpack the world's problems and fix them. Uh, but I am headed to Wichita, Kansas this weekend. So if you want to come hang out with me in Wichita, Watch Chad.com for all the fun stuff is. Get all the information you need. Tomball, Texas next Thursday night. A little one-off comedy night. Going to be fun. And then Saturday night in Marble Falls, Texas. And then Justin, Texas. That rounds out November pretty good. So watch Chad.com. Tons of stuff coming up. And we'll have fun with it. Uh, don't forget, check out uh, the uh, the Blaze. Go to blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad Plus. Save 36 bucks on an annual subscription. Tomorrow's Thursday. You know what that means. Going to get wild. We love you. And we'll see you then. God bless you. Bye. Bye.